0: This is the Jay scott outdoors podcast on western big game hunting and fishing brought to you by gohunt.com insider research faster hunt more go to gohunt.com forward slash insider and join today i'm your host Jay scott and i live and breathe hunting and fishing spending half the year in the field experiencing god's creation i hope you'll enjoy hearing about our adventures Guys, welcome to the podcast. Before we get going, I wanted to add a couple things that actually Dar and I forgot about in this uh, episode, and that's communication. Um, Dar and I use radios uh, that are made by Motorola. They're the CP200s. Um, Cody Goff, our, our good friend Cody Goff uh, with uh, Outdoor Two-Way, that's uh, the letter or the number two, outdoor outdoor2way.com. Um, He has fixed us up uh, several times over the years with great radios and that's who we get our radios from. Uh, It's from a safety concern. It's always good to have good communication throughout the ranches down in Mexico and um, it makes uh, for an enjoyable hunt. Usually all of the hunters have a radio. uh, All of the guides have a radio and uh, it's important to always be checking in and um, you know, vehicles break down, people fall and slip. There's all kinds of things that can happen. So I want to thank Cody Goff uh, for his uh, constant support of Dar and I at Colburn and Scott Outfitters. Another thing I wanted to bring up is the uh, cell phone service down in Mexico is uh, not very good. But if you go to Walgreens or Walmart, you can pick up actually uh, a phone that's called the GoPhone go Phone and um, it's in a little orange case and it's the AT&T Go phone and I want to say they're like 15 or 20 bucks and you can buy those phones. It comes with a charger. It's a it's kind of a cheap flip phone but you can actually um, activate on the back of the box. Um, you can get on there and, and uh, create a password and what have you and actually can uh, buy minutes right there uh, either on your computer or Um, on the phone itself and even when you run out of minutes you can I think it's dial six and it will connect you and you can automatically add minutes Uh, a lot of the towns um, and a lot of the areas around certain towns in northern Mexico and around Hermosillo uh, you can actually talk very well on the Mexican cell phone so um, and then we we use the um, satellite phone on most of the ranches when you get away Uh, from civilization you get out on those ranches um, and I want to thank Global Star Um, actually over the summer of this 2015 summer I was contacted by Global Star and they actually wanted me to be an ambassador for Global Star and I've been using that uh, GSP 1700 uh, Global Star satellite phone um, which is ironic because about 10 years ago, I actually bought that same phone and I used it for many years. Uh, and then actually the, the service uh, really fell off and um, the uh, Global Star actually had to spend a billion dollars and um, update all of their satellites. And, and that's something that Iridium, uh, the other sat- satellite manufacturer, Iridium, I understand has to do the same thing. They have not done so. Um, but the service now, uh, I don't get any dropped calls and um, the service is crystal clear. When you're on the Iridium phone, uh, which I've used also quite, quite extensively, uh, you used to get pretty darn good reception, but uh, there's always like a, some feedback on the call. It actually sounds like you're drunk. Um, it's like a little delayed sound, uh, whereas the Global Star uh, phone is um, crystal clear. It sounds just like you're on a landline. So um, I, I just wanted to bring that up as far as communication down in Mexico. Hopefully a few of those tips can help you. Um, I want to thank you guys for tuning in to the podcast. I want to thank you for all your support. You can email me at jscottoutdoors at gmail.com. Any questions or comments, I'd love to see uh, you know, the archery bucks, and uh, if you've got questions about uh, you know, the application seasons and such coming up, uh, feel free to give me an email at jscottoutdoors at gmail.com. You can follow along our adventures uh, at jscottoutdoors.com. Uh, you can also follow on Instagram at jscottoutdoors on our YouTube channel. Uh, Jay Scott Outdoors Facebook, Jay Scott Outdoors. So, guys, let's get right to this episode with Dar Colburn. Welcome to the Jay Scott Outdoors podcast. Today, I've got my hunting partner, my guiding partner, and my real estate buddy, Dar Colburn, on the line. Dar, how you doing? I'm great, Jay. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing pretty good. You know, I'm getting excited to go down to Mexico. Um, we're recording this episode about six days before we head down on our uh, two and a half week pilgrimage down there to Mexico. And it's one of those times of year that I always just look forward to. You getting excited?
1: I'm getting really excited. Yes, it's, uh, it's New Year's Eve here and we're, uh, we're a few days away from heading south of the border.
0: Yeah, you know, um, I got a text message uh, from uh, one of the hunters. Uh, we we leased a couple ranches this year, and we're trying out a new thing to uh, send some do-it-yourself uh, type situations. Uh, and uh, got a got a text last night at ten twenty. Uh, two guys went down, and uh, uh, Sean and his buddy Tyler, and and um, uh, uh, Sean got a nice buck. It's got a fork on his, uh, off his main beam on his right side. And, um, they had snow, they had all kinds. I mean, you don't think of Mexico as being, you know, super cold and snow. I think they had six inches of snow one morning when we had that big winter storm come through, uh, Arizona and Mexico here. And so they had a, you know, a a sticky, messy adventure, but, um, they got one buck, uh, and they're going to go back uh, for the rut here um in a couple weeks so they they were pretty excited
1: yeah it's been uh unseasonally i would say cold here in in arizona i mean it's i would say low 30s here at my house this morning so it's, it's definitely you know cold
0: yeah we're going to get into this episode and talk all about our mexico hunts um before that um you and parker are headed out tomorrow i believe he's got to have archery javelina tag uh, tell me a little bit about that
1: yeah, the archery javelina hunt uh, starts here tomorrow uh, in Arizona. So Parker has a tag, so we're going to go out. Um, hunt archery deer also is open, so we're going to probably chase some deer and hopefully find some pigs and just get out on New Year's Day and en- enjoy it. Absolutely, Dar. Um, y- you are the past president of the
0: Bow Hunters Association, and you're an avid bow hunter. You and your son both. Um, uh, give me a couple of tips for guys that are going out archery deer hunting, whether it be coos deer or mule deer. You know, January 1st through, the, you know, the whole month of January is open for bow hunting. Um, tell me a little bit about what what they may expect um, out there and maybe a few tips to them for, for archery hunting deer.
1: Well, I would say, you know, we're probably, depending on what part of the state you're, you're hunting, uh, you might catch some of the mule deer rut. When you're when you're out there and some of the coos deer rut slash pre-rut um, our deer here in Arizona you know rut December January depending on the species and so this is a great time of year to be out chasing deer with your bow usually you see you know lots of bucks because they're out either with does or cruising looking for does and uh, you know cool temperatures which we don't get a lot here in Arizona and it's just uh, pleasant to Time to be out because you know the weather's nice and, and the deer are rutting. So it's a it's a great time to be in the field.
0: If you're going to a new area, Dar, uh, share with me kind of your mindset and your strategy. Let's say you're going to a completely new area that you're checking out. Um, what are you gonna do to find deer? And what are you looking for as say you're driving in your Ranger or your truck uh, to to. Figure out where the deer are, uh, you know, glassing knobs. Kind of walk me through a little bit of strategy and tactics for for to give some guys out there that need some tips on how to find archery deer spots and what
1: have you. Well, this time of year, I would uh, probably try and cover as much country as I could um, with my eyes and uh, just moving around at different places and trying to find does. Because you'll probably, you know, if you find some does, there'd probably be a buck around. So I would be moving around uh, glassing cover are you looking for
0: particular knobs or I mean if you've never been to a spot do you just find a knob and say I'll crawl up there for an hour and see what I can find and then move
1: around from there yeah definitely definitely find find vantage points that that allow you to see you know a good amount of country and just keep moving until you find some deer and, and you probably find some bucks this time of year You know, one of the cool things about
0: Arizona's archery season is, like you said, you could hunt mule deer or coos deer. The the tag is good for buck deer. So um, pretty neat to be able to go out and see in, there's lots of areas in Arizona where you can see coos and mule deer off the same knob. Um, So pretty cool. Well, um, I hope you and Parker get into some action tomorrow and um, I'm going to continue prepping. And uh, Gene and I have been working on the food prep and such here for Mexico and Uh, getting all the ducks in a row. I've started packing last night, packing all my clothing and and a lot of my gear, and we're going to get into that here in this episode. Um, Dar, you know, we looked at uh, ranches. Well, before we get to that, let's talk about the weather. I've got the weather pulled up for um, Douglas, Arizona, and Douglas is the port uh, on the U.S. side, where we go into Mexico, it's a la prieta on the Mexico side, and uh, we are going down on the uh, 6th of, of January, actually, we're going to meet up with uh, Giannis Patelis and Stephen Ranella of The Meat Eater. Giannis is the producer of The Meat Eater, and both Steve and Giannis are buddies of ours, and we're actually um, going to gonna do a podcast episode on The Meat Eater podcast, which is always fun hanging out and talking with those guys. Those guys, if you haven't checked it out, have a very successful uh, podcast, and uh, we're kind of instrumental in in getting uh, the me to start this podcast. So I give those guys a lot of credit. If you haven't checked them out, you need to at the com. Uh, but uh, we're going to go down and actually meet our hunters on the seventh, the morning of the seventh, dar and and head to Mexico. And I'm looking at the weather. Um, as far out as I can and it's, you know, partly cloudy, uh, 54 and 28 is a low. And if you take that on down, it's 52 as a high, 26 is a low, 53, 55, 57, 58, but mixed in there for three or four days. Um, kind of on our travel day, we've got showers, a.m. showers, p.m. showers, 60 percent, 40 percent, 80 percent. I think Monday, J- January 4th, 80 percent chance of showers. But then about our first day down there, it's going to be a little stormy, but then it's supposed to clear up. Um, what kind of role do you think the weather's going to play um, in looking at this forecast, uh, having a pretty good sized winter storm come through and then have it
1: clear up? Well, I think it, it's setting up to be great. Um, any, my opinion is anytime you get some moisture before that, uh, the rut, you know, it, I think in its cool temperatures, I think that moisture on the ground holds the, the scent better and cool temperatures allows those deer to move around more um, you know, versus being hot. So I, I think it's setting up to be really good for deer movement and uh, rutting activity.
0: Yeah, you know, last year we were down those same dates. I think we went down on the 7th and um, maybe the 8th. I'll have to look back at the calendar. But um, actually, the first year, last year was warm. I I remember it being very, very warm, uh, not really even needing a jacket hardly in the mornings. And uh, we didn't have a lot of rutting activity uh, during that week last year, that first week, whereas the second week it really turned on. Um, but, you know, a couple years ago, uh, if you remember right, we went down there that first week and they were already rutting. So I think, you know, and you can weigh in on it. Um, I think cool weather and certainly, like you said, a little bit of moisture on the ground uh, certainly helps. I think it keeps that scent down, like you said. And um, it's just interesting to try and time the rut uh, down in Mexico. Um, I definitely think the deer rut later um, than our deer in Arizona. I think, you know, some of the central Arizona units, the last three or four days of December and say the first week of January is usually really good rutting. Um, but we found the further south you go, the rutting actually, uh, y- you know, takes longer for it to get going. And, you know, mountain ranches usually south of the U.S. border, I'm going to say anytime time from, say, the, the 5th of January to the you know, twenty fifth of January is kind of prime time with those real prime dates, you know, being probably anywhere from the tenth to the to the twenty fifth. What are your thoughts on the rut?
1: Yeah, definitely. The, the farther south you go the the later the rut is. Um, so I think, you know, traditionally that that second week we're down there typically is uh, probably the best rutting activity we see. So I, I think this year with the cooler weather and everything and the moisture, it, it, it's going to set up just just for a good hunt.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, I've got uh, on the forecast here all the way out to January 14th is as far as this forecast goes, and uh, it basically says 61 is a high, 30 is a low, partly cloudy, 10-mile-an-hour wind. Uh, you know, speaking of wind, uh, I think, you know, once they get rutting, I would rather have just kind of clear, consistent cold days. Um, you, you know, not too cold. Um, but you know, we've seen it. Um, we've seen it when it's so cold in the mornings. Uh, you know, I'll call you on the radio and say you got anything, and you know, we'll go for an hour before we even see a deer. Sometimes even long. I mean, yeah, we've had. A I remember
1: hours where. There's just no deer movement.
0: Yeah, I mean we call Hunter on the radio, Hunter you got anything, Dar you got anything, you know, we're calling around different, you know, glassing points and nobody's got anything because I think those deer when it gets when it gets down in the twenties, um, I think those deer know that if they lay there they can conserve more energy than if they're up on their feet. So I, I mean I think there's a fine line between wanting good cold temperatures
1: uh, and having it be too cold too. Yeah, I would agree. And, and, you know, having hunted coos deer as much as we have, you know, that, you know, the the 10 o'clock to two o'clock time period, even on the early hunts can be good. Those deer tend to move around, you know, throughout the day.
0: Yeah. And I think as the rut progresses, um, you know, through that, you know, whatever 10 day, 14-day window that, you know, the rut is really strong. Um, it seems as though, you know, all times of the day are, are, are great for glassing. And, um, y- you know, what would you say your strategy is um, on a cold morning? Which side of the hill are you going to be looking on? Or do you base where you're going to be glassing in the morning if you know it's going to be real crisp and cold? Which direction are you going to
1: be looking? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think you know, when it's super cold, those deer are going to want to be in the sun when the sun comes up. So you want to be on the, you know, the east-facing or south-facing slopes where those deer, you know, can get in the sun and warm up, um, especially when that sun comes up.
0: And a lot of times, um, speaking of the sun coming up, uh, you know, if you're facing where the sun's at your back and, and the the mountain is glowing, it's amazing how we're the first place that the sun actually... So, you know, there's that time period when, you you know, it's just the sun hasn't crested over the horizon. Um, But it's amazing where that sun actually crests over the horizon and actually puts a glow and actually the sun hits the hill first. It's amazing how many times you can glass that exact spot and there'll be deer bedded right there on that line waiting for that sun. It's as if they know that that's the first place the sun's going to hit.
1: Yeah, no, that's a good point for the even morning and evening you know in the morning when that when it's cold when that you can glass that shadow line of the sun and a lot of times soon as that sun hits those deer they'll stand up and same thing in the afternoon if it's if it's hot you know uh glassing that shadow line as soon as that sun goes down and they're in the shade a lot of times they'll get up so it's it's good strategy to glass those sun lines yeah absolutely you know Dar, um, we spend a
0: lot of time in the off-season looking for new ranches and new properties to hunt, and uh, we previously hunted up a ranch for three years in a row, and you and I both are kind of, um, we like to hop around. I mean, I I like new country. I like learning new country. I like looking at new stuff. Um, You know, that's not to say if we find a good property that we won't hunt it um, a lot, but um, what is it about new
1: country um, that just gets us both going? Uh, I think it's just the unknown. You just never know, you know, what what you're going to turn up, and it's always the grass is always greener on the other side. You know, we're always looking for for better places. That's for sure. Even with good ranches.
0: I know it's it's funny. We've laughed over the years with our buddy Steve Winery and my cousin Jimmy Vincent and you know, just all the adventures. I think this is my, going to be my 17th year down in Mexico. And, um, you know, it's hard to believe that we've gone that much, but, you know, what is it about us that, you know, you're always teasing me that we get a ranch and the very first thing we do is we race those Rangers to the furthest part of the ranch, go to the very back of the ranch, get to the fence, Set up our binos and look across and go. Gosh, it looks good over there. Yeah, that's just. I think a lot of that's just human nature. <laughs> <laughs> just go to the far reaches of the ranch and look across on the other side, wishing you're over there. And, um, you know, we've had some fun times down there. Um, Tired of relying on out-of-date numbers, spending too much on hunting consultants, and seeing too little results with Go Hunt Insider. The old way of doing things is over. With the introduction of draw odds and filtering 2.0, you'll have access to the most accurate, up-to-date information in the industry. You can filter by state, species, trophy potential, weapon, specific days or months of the year, harvest success rate, male-to-female ratios, and much more. All of this leads to easily finding the best hunt for you. So what are you waiting for? Visit GoHunt.com Insider and join the movement. Use the J. Scott promo code when signing up and receive a $50 Kuyu gift card. Since 1982, the Outdoorsman's in Phoenix has made it their goal to provide the very best customer service combined with the latest and greatest optics and accessories in the business. Outdoorsman's is the leading designer and manufacturer of high-quality tripods and mounting accessories for any hunter's optical needs. Go to Outdoorsman's.com or call 1-800-291-8065 and use the J. Scott promo code until February 28th to receive 10% off all Outdoorsman's packs and pack accessories. Dar, back to looking at ranches in the off season, the two ranches, uh, we're taking two groups of hunters uh, this year uh, ourselves that, that we're doing fully outfitted hunts um, and You know, tell me, from my perspective, when you're taking people on a coos deer hunt, there's several ranch types that you can get. You can get the desert ranch, um, you know, down by Hermosillo, down by Caborca or Santa Ana, where, you know, it's deserty country and, uh, you know, there's a lot of flats and you can get up on knobs. And glass and see those deer out there, you know, two, three miles and, and some big deer. You can find some really big deer in the flats. The biggest deer I've ever killed has been in the flats, you know, 134. I think it netted over 131 inches was out in the flats. Um, and then you can hunt what we call mountain ranches and. You know, I just have a love for mountain ranches. Uh, I love the spot and stock style. I love the canyons and glassing across the canyons where if you see something, you can usually make a setup on a buck and get over to them and get them shot. Um, What what are your favorite types of ranches and why?
1: Well, I I would just say for the listeners, let's go back to the, the mountain ranch where you killed your big buck. And you and I were down there. Um, you mean the desert ranch? Yeah, the desert ranch um, with Randy Olmer and his nephew Zach. And I want to say, if I, my memory serves me correct, you and I spent seven days the first trip, seven days down there, splitting up, going, going, each going different directions for a week. And I want to say, in a week, we saw like four bucks between the two of us in a week of hunting. Yeah, I want to
0: say like 10 deer total, or maybe 10 does and 4 bucks, splitting up, going separate ways each day, um, you know, each being out with the radio, each being able to talk to each other and, you know, communicate how many deer you're seeing, and it was tough, and, and I might add that, you know, the further south you go, down by Hermosillo, I mean, that coos deer rut usually isn't until the last week of January and the first week of February, yep. fortunately. You know, the seasons go all the way to, uh, I believe, usually around the 8th of February. And, you know, the further south you go, I mean, I want to say that first trip, if you remember some of the times we were leaving the ranch, the thermometer, uh, a couple times was 90 degrees
1: in in January. Yeah, no, it it was warm. It's it's definitely a, you know, lower elevation, warmer temperature climate down there. Um, But... Going back to that, there are some giant deer down there. the 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 problem lies, you know, when you're when you're taking hunters and trying to show people a good time, who have never hunted coos deer before. It's it's hard to sit there and and grind it out and see, you know, four bucks in a, in a seven day hunt. You know.
0: Yeah, I mean, hunting in the desert definitely has its rewards. But I mean, like we've done, you know, we've been there before and seen bucks out there at, you know, two three miles. And as soon as you drop down in elevation, you're down on the desert floor, and you you really have absolutely no way to to get in in their tight on those two-steer bucks to get them shot. Um, you know, unless you're going to hunt them in a high rack, which you know a lot of a lot of uh, hunters and outfitters um, you know they choose the method of, of riding around in a high rack, which is a truck with a cage on top, and they can see over the tops of the Palo Verdes and the mesquite, um, which is which is not the way we like to do it nothing wrong with it um we just we prefer to glass them up and spot and stock i think the mountain ranches uh play right into our strengths and and what we like to do um the two ranches that we're hunting this year with our with our fully outfitted uh guys the the one ranch uh the first ranch that we're going to hunt we went down and looked at it I want to say, was it last February or early March last year? Yep. Um, and it's in an area that we've hunted around, some ranches around with good genetics. Uh, you know, there's been some big deer coming off the ranches that that neighbor this ranch. And, uh, you know, one of the, the factors for me uh, was that the ranch, the last time the ranch was hunted was 2009, and... um Uh, they've had no other hunters there since 2009 and that was a big plus to me because I figured that you know if there was a deer that say you know even deer that were born you know would be you know five years old now Um, not to mention some of the bucks that uh, were alive when the last hunters left there you know they could be six seven eight year old bucks Um, and you know, we went down and looked at the ranch and, you know, the, the roads, to be quite honest, are not good compared to what we're used to on mountain ranches. Um, but the country, uh, they hadn't run, actually hadn't run any cattle on the majority of the ranch and there was a lot of feed and um, it just had a really good look. I'm
1: excited to see what we're going to get on that ranch. Yeah, it, it it just had a feeling like it hadn't been hunted very much and in, in it's pretty wild country. Um because of not having cattle there's a lot of good feed, a lot of growth. There's a, a burn that's several years old um that burned some of the thick stuff off and has opened it up. It just it, it looks like a really good ranch and we saw saw a really good buff. So, you know, hopefully uh we can get down there and have a good time. Yeah, you know, um it's a little different than
0: some of the ranches we hunt in that, it, you know, there's thicker parts of the ranch. It's kind of a high mountain ranch. You know, we hunt some mountain ranches. Like our second ranch we're hunting, I would consider more of a low mountain ranch that's got quite a bit of mesquite and oak, teal, whereas this ranch has got quite a bit of oak, um, some mesquite, but, but you know, quite a bit of oak and, and, and juniper. Um, and, you know, when we went, we saw a big buck. Um, I mean, he was... He was 150 yards from the ranger and, you know, we, we looked at each other and, you know, in, in trying to figure out if we were going to take the ranch or not. It's like, how can we see a buck that we would shoot, you know, that we would be tickled to shoot a big, nice, big buck and not take the ranch, um, you know, it it would have been hard to walk away and not even try and go, you know, go down and see if that buck made it through. May, you know, hopefully a lion hasn't gotten them and hopefully we can find that buck again and relocate them and get them killed. Yeah. Um,
1: well, there's a lot of country there. I mean, we, we, like you said, we've hunted ranches on kind of either side of this. We know the genetics in the area are really good. Um, and this, this ranch not having been hunted you know, I think it just sets up, you know, perfect for us to come in there and try and extract a few deer.
0: Yeah, I don't think the density is going to be super high. I think it's probably going to be, you know, a medium density. I think it's probably going to be a, you know, a five buck, a, you know, five, six, seven buck a day, you know, maybe type of place, um, you know, maybe 10 10, 15 type of dope type of place, what's your impression of what density should be?
1: Yeah, typically I would say when you get the Mesquite, ocatillo type of, you know, mountain ranches, they typically have more deer, a little higher deer density. This place, like you said, is just a little bit higher in elevation, uh, more up on the, the mountain. And, you know, not to say that oaks, we haven't had ranches that have a high density of deer in the oaks, but this this particular ranch um up on the mountain it seems like the density is a little bit lower but it just there's some big nasty stuff there that uh i could just you know see a big buck coming out of for sure yeah you talk about that
0: big nasty stuff there's like these big ridges and you can look back from these high points and and we took a bunch of pictures and video and um it, you know, it's got country, when you look at it, it's got a real wild feel. It's got a real rough, like, big canyon country type feel, kind of haired over. Definitely. Um, and it's just one of those things you never know. You've got this feeling that a hog could just roll out of the brush, you know, and come down maybe looking for some does. And um, so I'm excited about that place.
1: Um, you know, and, the, and, and that's, that's you know, the, I would say that's the benefit of being able to go down and hunt during the the rut and pre-rut is you never know what can come sauntering out of the woodwork I mean yeah you just you never know what you could scan over and see you know it just and I mean I think that's what keeps us coming back
0: every year is is what could be there and you know we're we're always after those you know 110 115 120 whatever we can find you know bucks with character kickers what have you and you know, I just love the wildness of of that ranch, and you know, we we've got a, an associate down in Mexico that that uh, we we have go look at a bunch of ranches for us uh, when we're not there, and take pictures and video and send us photos of ranches. And he looked at a bunch of ranches, um, and uh, he looked at a ranch and he said, you know, you guys need to come down and look at this one, and that's the second ranch we're hunting. Um, uh, you know, this ranch is, I haven't been to this particular ranch. I've hunted some ranches around it, but um, it's got good access to the ranch. Uh, the roads on the ranch are good. Um, it's got quite a bit of yellow grass. Um, it's got mesquite, Ocotillo, uh kind of, it kind of, it kinda, borders a highway down there. And um, on one side of the highway that's, you know, a little more lower, a little desertier looking country You went down and looked at this ranch, uh, I want to say, was it
1: August or was it early October? I think it was early October, the second. Early October, okay. And uh, it's it's country we like. You know, it's a lot of that, a lot of ocotillo, a lot of haired over mesquite, rolling, you know, base of the mountain, uh, foothills of the mountain type country, um, all the way up to oaks. It's uh, a little bit higher density. So I think, uh, I think that'll be a fun hunt as well. A lot of good glassing points.
0: Yeah, you know, um, you and I have been going over the uh, Google Earth. Uh, we like to use Google Earth and, uh, you know, get the ranches we're hunting and, and, you know, put the fence lines on there and put the roads and, and mark each, you know, water tank and, and kind of start picking apart the ranches and trying to figure out, you know, kind of pre-scouting um, without knowing the country very well, uh, going down there trying to already have knobs established. Uh, Google Earth's amazing that you can you know take the the tool, you can drag it down to a point and it gives you the you know the 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 bird's eye there's the bird's eye view from above and then you can drag it down and it's kind of the on the ground look and you can pan you know 360 and look okay what what's my view from this knob and i think google earth is an amazing tool the other day i i just emailed you a copy of the file and you were able to open it up on your computer and we were able to just go over you know different parts of each ranch that we're hunting and um you know discuss you know the the different attributes of certain knobs and you know, tell me what your thoughts are about being able to do that and
1: use Google Earth as a scouting tool. Oh, it's a huge tool. Um, especially when we've got, you know, we've got several people going, several guides that are going to go be down there helping us, um, and, and and hunters, multiple hunters. It, it allows us to, you know, almost script the first few days where we're going to go, where we're going to glass from, you know, water sources, roads, fence lines, um, it, it just helps us get a few days ahead of, of where we would be if we didn't, uh, didn't have that, you know, all set up already.
0: You know, you mentioned something there. Um, you know, there's one thing too going down to these ranches and having them all scouted out and having bucks picked out and everything. And, and, and that's great. Um, you and I do a lot of desert sheep hunts and rocky sheep hunts and, you know, elk hunts and, and all sorts of other things that we're guiding. And, you know, honestly, one of the things that gets me so energized about going to Mexico is, you know, we're hunting. We go and we lock the gate on a ranch. We get our stuff set up in the house. We get our food all set up. And then we get the rangers and we take off. And it's, you know, we're hunting. You know, it's not an execution. It's not like we just pull up. We, you know, oh, that deer's right here. And, you know, you get out and I'll just shoot that deer. It never happens like that. And I think that's what makes us good at what we do is we're we're not burnt out on the ranch. It's all fresh to us. Uh, it's new and, and we're, you know, excited to crawl up on every knob and figure out the ranch. And I think that's part of loving coos deer is, is loving deer hunting is you know, figuring a ranch out, figuring out a piece of country, learning how to hunt it and and, and figuring it out. You always joke with me that you know once we really learn a piece of country, I'm ready to
1: move on and go learn another piece yeah, um, why do you think that is well i I think it's just you know it's the it's the unknown it's the grass is always greener, you're always looking for you know something better something different um and just the challenge of it i think, yeah, you
0: know Dar we offer um on our guided hunts, we offer seven full full days of hunting. And a lot of times on the front end, on the travel day, we like to leave, get to the border early on that morning that we're traveling in and hopefully get to the ranch with a half a day hunting. So most of our hunts are seven and a half days. Um, And a lot of other outfitters, there's some great outfitters out there, by the way, but a lot of other outfitters, they only do five day hunts. Um, And we've talked about how I mean, I just feel like you can't really, you know, it's two or three days before we get into a groove and a rhythm. I just feel like five days feels like it's squeezing and going by so fast.
1: Yeah. And, you know, especially if you have four or five hunters in, you know, five days, that means you're shooting almost a buck a day. You have to. Um, And, you know, it just, it just, I like the seven day format just because it, it allows, it seems like, each of our hunters to, to get that extra couple days, you know, where they don't have to necessarily shoot something on the third or fourth day that they wouldn't want to shoot. Yeah, for sure. Um, some, of these, some of these ranches
0: that um, our, our guy down in Mexico went and looked at and took a bunch of photos of and video and such, we have several different groups of hunters going down to some of these ranches uh, in kind of a do-it-yourself style uh, situation, and we've got another group uh, uh, friends of ours uh, going down uh, here in a, in r- right around the same time we're going to go down, and it'll be exciting to see uh, their success and how they like the different ranches. And you know, it's every ranch is different. You know, from big to little to you know medium sucks to you know low density, high density. You know great roads to, you know, just okay roads to no roads. I mean, there's, there's kind of a little bit of everything down in Mexico. We see ranch houses that are, you know, not very good to really nice to just, just okay. And, um, you know, I think what is it about coos Deer specifically that has enamored you and you know you love coos deer so much you named your first born child his middle name is coos parker coos coburn what is it about the deer themselves
1: i just think you know they're they're small um they're crafty i just they're tough as heck um you know they're jumpy they get chased by lions 24 hours a day seven days a week um they live in just beautiful country um, and and you know there it's it, there's a great opportunity to hunt them in in Arizona and Mexico, um, and that's one of the things I really enjoy about Mexico is that we get to go down and hunt them during the rut and it's guaranteed tags, whereas you know Arizona I, I like hunting them here, but at the same time you're you're out there if, if you get the high odds hunts which are the October November hunts you're going to be out there with five or six hundred of your closest friends. And then, if you do beat the odds and draw one of the later hunts, you know, you're still going to have anywhere from, you know, 25 to 100 tag holders in the unit, and you're not really hunting, I would say, the rut, I would say it's more pre-rut. Um, so, so Mexico, you're able to go down there and, and hunt populations of deer that, that aren't as pressured, aren't hunted as much, or at all, and you're, you're getting to hunt them in the rut, so it's just a... It's a special time to be down there for sure.
0: Absolutely. Let's take a quick break to hear from our sponsors. Whether you are interested in elk, deer, antelope, bighorn sheep, or moose, Western Hunter and Elk Hunter magazines will bring the adventure to your mailbox. These publications feature articles on the finest hunting gear, tips and tactics from experienced hunters, field judging trophies, glassing techniques, calling strategies and much more to become a more knowledgeable and skilled hunter subscribe today go to westernhunter.net forward slash j scott and enter your email address for a chance to win a fifteen hundred dollar credit towards any swarovski product utah hydrographics is in the water transfer printing service and they are open to whatever you can dream up choose from a wide range of camo patterns designs and colors Whether it's guns, bows, tools, rifle stocks, vehicles, steering wheels, fenders, dashboards, paint guns, fishing rods, cups, tripods, watches, knife grips... Helmets for a local sports team or for your motorcycle, picture frames, mailbox, animal skulls, you name it, they can probably do it. Utah Hydrographics loves taking things that are general looking and turns them into something that looks fantastic and eye-popping. Give them a call and see what they can do for you and receive up to a 10% discount by using the J. Scott 16 promo code. Visit them at UtahHydrographics.com or on Instagram at Utah Hydrographics. You know, Dar, one of the things that I like so much about Mexico is we go to these ranches, we unlock the gate, we drive through the gate, we lock the gate, and we just go hunting. We don't have to worry about, you know, other hunters and and what have you. And to me, that's a relief. That's one of the reasons why I just love Mexico, because it's, you know, it's kind of a wild place, Uh, the deer are plentiful. You usually see a lot of bucks compared to does Uh, more. It seems like you see more bucks uh, in Mexico per doe than you see in uh, the States. And I just love that feeling of having, you know, your ranch and, you know, it's you against the deer and, and, you know, you don't have to worry about other people coming and shooting deer and spooking deer. And, you know, you can, you can find a buck on the first day and you're like, man, he's, you know, he's like a hundred, 105 inches, you know, I'm looking for a 110 or I'm, you know, whatever it is you're looking for. And you can leave that deer and have a chance to know that you come back and, you know, nobody else is jostled with the deer and try and find that deer again. Um, You know, I just love that feeling of Mexico. And that's one of the things that draws me to it is, you know, it seems like, you know, these days, you know, in this day and age of hunting, it's, you know, it's just very, very competitive, and, you know, I, that's one of the reasons why I like hunting private ground a lot, and, you know, I like hunting both, but, I mean, I like hunting private ground because it's, I enjoy the hunt, and I don't have to manage people as much as I would on a public land hunt. That's exactly it. You're, you're hunting versus trying to manage people. So yeah. Um, Dar, I want to talk a little bit about the gear that we're going to take down and that we've, we've learned to, to love over the years. Um, and I'm going to go through mine a little bit and you, you kind of, um, chime in on what, what you like and what you're taking. I am going to be wearing, uh, my Kuyu guide pant, uh, especially on these colder days. Uh, the material on the Kuyu guide pant, the outer material is is a little bit more durable for the cat claw and the brush that we encounter for Koo's deer. Below that, uh, in the mornings, I'm going to have the Kuyu um, long underwear, and I have both the lightweight. I believe there's a 145 and a 210, but there's a, there's basically a lightweight and a heavyweight of the long underwear. And one of the things I like about the long underwear that Kuyu makes is um, it zips on and off. So, you know, at, you know, noon when it's, you know, the warmest part of the day, you can literally just undo your belt, pull your pants down and unzip the long underwear off without having to take your boots off. Now, I, I really like that feature of the
1: Kuyu long underwear. Um, what are you going to be wearing for pants down there? Yeah, I'll probably be wearing the, uh, the Chinook pants with a, kuyu long underwear underneath them uh the chinook to me it just has a tougher shell um and they're they're a great pant that in their the chinook jacket i always wear that on on top of usually my Kenai or, or super down jacket
0: yeah so for my top i'm gonna start i usually start out with the uh kuyu um, 145 I like the solid color for some reason to me the softest material the softest shirt is that solid color I usually wear that as my as my base and then I'll usually wear uh, the thicker ultramarino uh top I believe it's a 210 uh, top uh, sometimes I wear um, you know two most of the time I wear two shirts with the with the thicker one being on top and uh, then I wear the um, super down vest and the super down jacket, and then usually the guide jacket over the top, and sometimes the Chinook jacket over the top. This year, for the first time, I'm going to be able to take. I've got the Kuyu jacket now, which is the synthetic jacket, which is supposed to replace the uh, super down jacket, and. I've worn the Kuyu, That's um, the Kenai, right? Or the, yeah, the Kenai. Okay. And I like it because it's got pit zips and it, it breathes. Um, if you're going to do any hiking at all with the, uh, super down vest or the super down, uh, jacket, th- it doesn't breathe. Uh, the, 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 uh, nature of that jacket with the down, down doesn't breathe well. And so, um, normally I get to my knob. Uh, ride the quad which is real cold and then I take all that stuff off and I go down to my base layer uh, which is sometimes a little cold starting out but as soon as you you know start up and start gaining elevation you start um, warming up pretty quick and then once I get to the glassing knob um, I lay my backpack down usually it's dark or just about getting light and I sit down and I put um, either a fresh um, undershirt, uh, base layer on, you know, if, if I've got a long hike and I get wet, um, put a clean, you know, fresh shirt, dry shirt on, and then I layer up, uh, with that super down vest, super down jacket. And, um, uh, if, if the wind's blowing a lot of times, um, I'll also put, uh, over the keen eye or over the super down jacket, um, I will put my rain rain jacket on, um, what are you going to be running on top and uh, for your
1: jacket? Well, let me let me just interject here and say that you know there's probably listeners out there that uh, that are thinking we're in the upper 20s, low 30s, and talking about down and four jackets, and they're probably laughing at us, thinking that we you know we have no idea cold. I'm like a lizard, Dar- but. But I will say that, you know, we've had people from back east, some of our hunters from back east, uh, Kansas, you know, back east. Our friend Steve Wintery from Colorado who lives, you know, in Gunnison, Colorado, one of the coldest spots in the nation. And, you know, he's been out hunting with us in, you know, 20 degrees in, in the desert, the, the dry desert air. It feels a lot colder than it is. Um, you know, something about just that dry air. Um makes it cold, and then you know sometimes we 'll have thirty to thirty minute to an hour minute uh, quad or ranger ride to the the areas we hunt and it's definitely cold i I know it doesn 't sound cold to some of you, but you know upper twenties low thirties, but that air just bites you and it it's definitely cold, so um layering is very important because it does warm up fairly quickly when that sun comes up, so having multiple layers that you can shed quickly is is definitely a key
0: absolutely what are you running on top what are you running for shirt and
1: typically i run a couple of the ultra merino shirts uh the, usually the lightweight solid color as the base layer and a little heavier zip top uh on top of that and then i'll, I'll run usually my Keenite uh, or super down jacket with the the Chinook jacket is the outer shell on top of those. Do you
0: ever wear your rain jacket when it gets cold to block the wind or when the wind's really blowing? I
1: will if it's really windy. Um, that The Chinook jacket usually does a pretty good job unless it's really, really windy. Um, I'll, I'll throw the rain gear on if I have to.
0: Yeah, for sure. You know, um, one thing um, that, that's... I've really enjoyed last season using, and I, I'm looking forward to using them, is the Kuyu glassing mitts. Um, they're they're a mitten, not a glove, and I can wear those Kuyu uh, merino um, lightweight gloves and then the guide glove, you know, when I'm hiking or whatever. And then when I start glassing, I actually take the guide glove off and put my, leave the merino on. Um, uh, hand gloves on and put them inside the mitts, and uh, those Kuyu glassing mitts are awesome. I really like that and can stay warm, and, and like you said, I mean, I, I'm like a lizard. I, I I don't like the cold. I get cold easy, and so um, I usually layer up a lot. Um, I, I wear that Kuyu face, you know, the, the neck gaiter that you pull up over your face um, when I'm glassing and, and get it as high. I also wear it for sun protection, but um, it keeps the little bit of breeze off, um, and I like the hoods on uh, every jacket I have is hooded uh, with the super down. I like to you know pull that hood and and um, uh, I, I love that. I'm I'm running the uh, Schnees, um, the Schnees. Which one am I running? The Granites, and this is my second pair of Granites, and I really like them. They're heavy. Um, I actually had. Um, some, asolos solos that I bought and used for sheep season and, uh, really liked that a solo fugitive boot, uh, Giannis, the producer over at the meat Eater, our friend uh, turned me onto those. And, um, I, I had to send that pair back because after wearing them for a while, they just were a touch small and it was a bummer cause I wore them around this summer in the, in the condo in Colorado, um, while I was up there in during fishing season. And I thought they were fit just perfect. And it turned out that once I really used them in the mountain conditions, going downhill, my toe would hit in the front of the toe box. And, um, while I love the shoe because they're quite a bit lighter than the, the Schnee's granite, um, they, my toe was hitting. So I, I haven't, uh, gotten the bigger size yet. um, but one thing I did like about those boots is they were quite a bit lighter, Dar. Um, you've had a pair of those Schnees granite, and they're bombproof. I mean you can you can hike through brush and you know real steep stuff and you have real good ankle support. I know you've got wide feet. What are you running for boots?
1: Yeah, I've had the the Schnees granites and, and liked them. Um, I've had those. I've had the Kenitrex, and those are the heavier you know heavier duty boots. And and I've I've liked them. I've gotten two seasons out of both of those, which is you know a lot for us. It seems like usually I just don't get more than more than a season or two out of a pair of boots. Um, currently I'm running a little bit lighter boot. I don't know the model. It's the Salomon, and I really really like it. It's a uh, it's a little bit lower. It's like a a high top tennis shoe. You know style boot, so it's a little bit above the ankle but not up not up on the calf. It's a little lighter weight. Um, it's not quite as good if you're running a big, heavy load in your pack, but if you're not for day-to-day stuff and stocking and being quiet, it, it's super lightweight, and I really like it.
0: Speaking of pack, um, uh, I just got the new Icon Pros uh, 7200 um, I was running the Icon Pro 7200 and I've got the new one and it's got a little bit slimmer frame. I really like it. I used it cheap season and we were able to pack out, uh, um, Craig Dunlap's ram and, and, um, I really like the pockets on it. And, uh, what pack are you running, uh, this season?
1: I've run a combination. I, I just got the Icon Pro 7200 as well. So Mexico will be the Initial run for it. My initial impression is, I like it. Uh, it's got a little bit. I, I was running the the KUU Ultra 6000, which is super lightweight and it's it's awesome. It just lacks a little bit of uh, compression straps down below and support when you get a you know a pretty big heavy load in it. So the the 7200 I think will be good. It, it's It's got a few more bells and whistles, a little bit heavier than the Ultra, but I think it'll be a a great all-around pack.
0: Yeah, um, I really like those Kuyu packs. Um, I also got the 3200 bag, which is basically just uh, not as many bells and whistles. Um, It's a a smaller um, load capacity, um, but maybe better for, like, day trips and stuff. The thing I like about when I'm guiding with the 7200 is – You know, I can compress it down with the straps and, you know, it's basically like a 3200. um, But if I need to pack out, you know, a whole deer, um, I can actually slip a whole coos deer uh, in the the 7200 and um, walk off the mountain with it if I had to. So um, I like having a bigger pack uh, than a smaller pack. I'd rather have a bigger pack that I don't use the space and cinch it down than wish I had a bigger pack. You know, the, the, you know, the bad part about that is it seems like if the bigger your pack is, the more things that you go, oh, yeah, I'll take this and I'll put this in there and I'll put that in there. And by the time you have it, you know, your pack weighs 50 pounds.
1: Yeah, that's definitely no doubt about that.
0: Um, You know, another thing that, uh, you know, you, I get made fun of a lot. So, you know, whatever. But. I like wear. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I'll get a call on the radio and be like, "Hey Jay, I can see you over there because I can see your hat." Um, I I'm. I
1: think we were sun... calling you the ninja last year, weren't
0: we? Something like. Yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, I've been called all kinds of names for my various hats that I've used over the years, but. I like, I don't know what they call but they're the big flat brim boonie type hats that you know and I try and get the biggest one I if, I mean if I could wear if I could keep a sombrero on my head I would probably wear it um I, the sun beats me up pretty good so I like to you know try and get as much coverage with the sun as I can um I wear a ball cap a lot when I'm hiking and such but when I'm really getting after it and glassing um I put on one of those big floppy hats and um You know, I I like that because the sun tends to stay off my face. Um, If I don't watch it and wear if I don't wear sunscreen, and um, the sun just blisters me. And you know, I've been down there. Even my hands, uh, I have to make sure that I put sunscreen on the tops of my hands because if I'm not wearing my gloves, I gotta watch it that you know my hands will really sunburn up. So um, I wear that. And let's talk about um, optics uh <clears throat> excuse me for coos deer i am going to be taking down my 10 uh by 42 el range swarovskis around my neck um they will be in my kuyu i've got the kuyu bino case and so the 10 els will be around my neck so if i have to range uh, uh my clients uh, deer i can <clears throat> you know dar i went on that desert sheep hunt with craig um dunlap and we were about to shoot his RAM, and I had mistakenly uh, taken my EL without my EL range, my 10 ELs, and I didn't have a rangefinder. Fortunately, Seth and Hunter were there and they had their rangefinder, but I felt like an idiot. Um, I'll be running those 10 ELs around my neck, and then the 15, the new 15 uh, Swarovskis, 15 by 56 uh, Swarovskis, and then my. Swarovski uh, STX uh, spotting scope, the 30 to 70 power, the 95 millimeter objective. I'm a firm believer in Swarovski. Uh, That's every optic that I own is Swarovski except for the big Koas. Um, I will also have the big Koa Highlanders that I will use in places that I can get to relatively easy, not too long of a hike. Uh, But my go to's are the 15 by 56. Uh, I think they're the best Cousteau binocular out there.
1: Yeah. I would, what are you, you going to be running? I would agree. I'm running similar setup. Uh, 1042 ELs. Not the range in my KU pouch. Um, I, I wear that, you know, constantly, no matter what I'm doing. And then I carry my 1556, the new Swarovskys, Um and that's my everyday, you know, setup. Arizona and Mexico. Uh, I do carry the Coas, And it's like you said, if you can glass glass from the road or, or get on a knob that's not too far from the road and glass a bunch of country, the Coas the are great. Um, but they're, they're more of a specialty, you know, specialty glass that you don't necessarily use every day. Wilderness Athlete is committed to improving the
0: health and quality of life for the outdoor athlete by providing field-tested, scientifically-validated nutrition and sports performance product formulations. Check them out at wildernessathlete.com and use the J. Scott promo code to receive 10% off any order in January 2016. Have you guys heard about PhoneScope? Phonescope is a privately-held company that makes custom-molded, precisely-engineered smartphone digiscoping adapters. Photographing wildlife has never been easier. Take digiscoping photos and videos from your smartphone and share them with your friends. Phonescope stands behind their product with a 100% money-back guarantee. Phonescope is the future of digiscoping. Get yours now! Use the JSCOT16 promo code and receive 10% discount on all purchases. Check them out at Phonescope, that's P-H-O-N-E-S-K-O-P-E dot com, or on Instagram, at Phonescope. Yeah, and the tripod that, that I use is uh, the Slick, and I want to say, I, I used for years the uh, Slick 713 CF2. And I don't have the particular model number that I use now, but it's basically the tripod that I can stand behind. It's got the carbon fiber legs. Um, I use the Manfrotto head. Uh, I believe it's the 701 HDV. Um, And uh, uh, the the tripod that I use for the Coas, I believe, is the Bogan Manfrotto um, 55XV. the tripod itself, I want to say, is 12 pounds. Um, the Koas are 12 or 13 pounds, <clears throat> but the slick tripod is really good. It's light. Um, it, it works very good with the wind vibration, um, and I, I've gotten to really like that carbon fiber tripod over the years. Yeah,
1: I think it's the new model. I just, I want to say, I because I, I just got two of them, um, I finally got rid of, the slick that I've had, like you said, I think it was a seven fourteen or thirteen. Had it for eight or nine years, and had to just finally get a new one. And it's—I want to say it's the eight twenty-three or eight twenty-four. Now,
0: is yours the same height as mine, or is yours one? Um, uh, one, there, mine's in three sections, and I can stand behind. I'm six foot two, six foot three on a good day, um, and I can stand behind. I have the tall post. I can stand behind. Is yours the one steps uh, shorter than that?
1: No, I'm one step shorter, but no, my tripod is not one step shorter. Maybe two. two. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, um,
0: What else do we got to cover here? Uh, one thing, you know, Russ Jacoby from Flagstaff, um, who we're going to have on the podcast here later in January. Um, we already recorded a great episode with him. Uh, I want to say two seasons ago turned me on to those Sedona Ripsaw tires on the Ranger. Yep. And I believe you put them on your Ranger, too. I really like the Sedona Ripsaw. Um, the the tire itself, where the actual, um, what would you call it, Dar, the outer part of the tire, um, the tread is actually really deep. It's like, I want to say it's like two and a half inches or three inches So there's quite a bit of uh, clearance there uh, between that and the actual tire where, you know, mesquite thorns, because we're down in Mexico, we're running over mesquite brush and stuff like crazy. And I've had pretty good success with those uh, Sedona rip saws. I've actually uh, worked my way through a whole set um, down there running
1: around. Well, yeah, Uh, I want to say I'm going on either the end of my second year or beginning of my third year on these tires, and I know you got yours a little bit before mine, so I've been really pleased with them.
0: Yeah, um, love those tires. Um, We're running uh, Rangers. I believe I've got a 800 XP. I think it's a 2011, and um, you're running a little bit older Ranger. Man, our Rangers have absolutely been through
1: the ringer. For sure. For sure, I know. Uh, <clears throat> I know we've had, you know, they're they're crucial to to what we do down there. i um, I we we've both ridden in the new uh, Razor one thousands, and they are the ride on them is unreal, and it's just a matter of uh, the storage space. You know, the Ranger, if they could put the Ranger bed on that new Razor, we'd probably both be running those.
0: Yeah, you know the ride is unbelievable. The the you know carrying capacity, the cargo capacity is not good at all. Um, I I can't believe that they haven't had more requests to put a bigger bed, Um, even if you lost some of the performance as far as you know top end speed or whatever. um, You know I don't need to go that fast. I you know but the comfort of a Razor is amazing. Um, Riding in Breck Bundy's up there and. 13B, I mean, just amazing how smooth they are, um, blows a ranger away. Um, a ranger's kind of, you know, more of a workhorse, but, you know, I've had good success with the ranger. I like the ranger because it's a three, you can sit three people in it, whereas like a rhino or something, you know, it's only a two two person. I think, you know, guiding the ability to take two people with you uh, is huge.
1: Yeah, and, and I've heard rumors that they might be coming out with something like that, but I I don't know that for sure. Oh man, gonna have to gonna probably have to trade the the Ford
0: Raptor in just so I can afford a Razor. Yeah, definitely. Um. Well, awesome. Dar, is there any? Oh, I wanted to add on the gear. Um. Seth maskey's turned me on to those Sawyer mini filters, and we used them sheep season. I just love those little things. They weigh literally next to nothing, and um, we were drinking literally out of, um, you know. It probably was, uh, you know, there's a bunch of wild donkeys and or wild uh, burrows and such up there in 15D. For all I know, it was, you know, a place where a donkey took a leak and we were drinking out of those um, puddles that were literally like, you know, 12 inches around and two inches deep. And drinking the water just fine. No, no repercussions from that. I really like that Sawyer Mini. Um, I'll have that with me in Mexico um, what it does is it saves me from packing a lot of water, um, and, and adding a lot of weight when I know I've got my Sawyer Mini and I, you know, I know there's puddles around and such, um, man, you can carry less weight when you get to a little water and, you know, you can keep your water full and, but not have to carry, you know, four or five, um, you know, bottles of water.
1: Yeah. I, I actually just bought one last night. They're like $20. I mean, it's, and they weigh two ounces. So it's, it's a I don't know if I'll be just drinking out of puddles. I usually can pack enough water, but definitely a good thing to have in the pack. You know, if you had to uh, to spend the night somewhere or or you get low on water, or something it's it's the weight the weight is is minimal and, and it could save your life for sure.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, that's that's awesome. Do you have any other gear,
1: um, Dar, that you want to add um, to the discussion? No, we, I mean, you and I, the only other thing I would say is we carry the Havalon knives and, and blades. That's about the only knife I carry. And uh, we're both, you turned me on to the, the Surowski, uh TLS APO adapter for our, oh, our yeah. SLR cameras, and um, I just got one for sheep season and have been using it, and really, man, the, the pictures and video are unbelievable. Yeah, you know, um, Trent Swanson, who actually
0: is a rep for, uh, Swarovski actually told me originally about the TLS APO adapter and, um, Cody Nelson down at the Outdoorsman's, uh, you know, they, they sell them down there and, and, you know, my video, digiscoping, uh, videos, I think are way better, uh, with that setup and, um, excited Dar, um, phonescope.com phone scope has stepped up to be a sponsor of this podcast and uh i'm going to start uh, uh using that Phonescope uh adapter a little bit in my digiscoping and and uh give that a run i've heard a lot of great things about it and um you know the tlsa post roski um is awesome and i i've used it for a couple of years now and really like it and i'm anxious to try out this uh Phonescope and um I appreciate you bringing up about digiscoping because so much of what we do is, you know, trying to get an image of an animal so that, you know, I can show you, you can show me, we can evaluate it and decide if it's a buck uh, that we want to harvest. And, you know, for, it's very important, I think, to be as good as you can at digiscoping. And, you know, we started out, you know, just putting our phones up to our Uh, you know optics putting our cameras up to our optics and it's amazing to see what technology and all the advances uh, with the digiscoping adapters and what have you um, have how our our content you know our photos and videos have gotten way better
1: definitely definitely it's it's it makes it fun for our hunters and and for us to be able to look back on on stuff and, and look back on the videos and the pictures and it just adds to it for sure yeah so
0: in closing, um, you know, let's let's just talk a little bit about hunting the rut for coos deer and kind of what your mentality is every day when you go out into the field. Um, you know, what are you looking for and, you know, what's kind of your strategy when you hunt during the rut and then even with, like when you find a deer, what are you thinking?
1: Well, I, I would say just the the people that are, you know, Ne- have never hunted coos deer or are thinking about maybe coming and hunting with us we you know that the mexico hunt is a is a great time great weather usually um, and, and there's not a lot of downtime when we leave in the morning we take lunches and work work on work lasting um and hunting all day it seems like the days are a little bit shorter the deer move around a lot Um so we're we're bouncing around from, from knob to knob um, looking for the right buck and once we find one we kind of hone in on it and uh you know strategy is don't take your eyes off it and stay with it and hopefully uh hopefully get it shot
0: yeah you know when they're rutting, they're just a lot of times they're running around like you know wild men just just running those does around and um you know it's a double-edged sword usually during the rut you can see more deer and you tend to see some of the bigger bucks um but like we've talked about before in the podcast you know when they're moving around and chasing does sometimes it's harder to get on to actually get them shot um so you just have to be really patient you have to always keep your eyes off them if you take your eyes off a rutting buck that's moving around the likelihood when you move over to another knob uh, of, of finding him again is is not real good and you know, we we like to use radios to keep an eye on them, but we also like to use the leapfrog system. You know, if if uh, it's a buck, you know, a Boone and Crockett type buck and someone, you know, wants to enter it in the book, and they say oh, we don't want to use a radio, you know, it's important. If you've got two guys, we usually are hunting with, you know, a guide and a, and a hunter, usually two guys in a group in every group. We always like to say, okay, you stay here and stay on the buck. And I'm going to leapfrog up to the next knob into the shooting position uh, or vice versa. You stay back and watch and the hunter goes in and gets in position where nobody is not watching the deer at some point in time. Then once the shooter gets over in position, the, the, the other guy can come to him. And even if uh, the, the shooter has not found the buck yet or not, at least the guy that was watching him can say he was right here. You know, here's where he's at.
1: Yeah, definitely, definitely. It's 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 crucial. Just I mean, hunting coos deer in general never take your eyes off them. Yeah,
0: well, buddy, it was awesome having you on uh, here on the podcast, and I look forward to going down and and uh, spending time down there chasing coos deer for a couple weeks. And it's always a time that I look forward to every year, and can't wait to to uh, see those Sonoran sunrises and. Uh, eat some of that great food and and just enjoy that that experience and that culture. That just seems like there's nothing like Mexico and um, it's always one of the highlights of our year and um, it's always fun strategizing and picking apart these ranches with you. Hopefully we can dredge out a couple great bucks and um, have a good time with our
1: clients. Yeah, look forward to uh, for doing it doing another podcast here after maybe in about a month after we get back and get our feet under us and it should uh looking forward to another season down there with you yeah hopefully we can dredge out a couple whoppers and um
0: find some good deer and um hopefully some gnarly deer you know um arizona if Mexico's anything like what arizona uh has been this year um i've got high expectations for some solid deer hopefully we find some extra points and and some cool stuff down there so uh until next time buddy god bless you and uh yeah it's always fun having you having some strategy
1: sessions with you sounds good man okay take care talk
0: to you later thanks for listening to the j scott outdoors western big game hunting and fishing podcast brought to you by gohunt.com insider Use the promo code JSCOTT and receive a $50 Kuyu gift card when signing up for the GoHunt.com Insider. Research faster? Hunt more? Go to GoHunt.com Insider and join today.